Welcome to Player One on Sin. It is time for the best uh, show on your airwaves. And we have a fantastic show tonight. We're going to talk about all sorts of stuff, actually. We have a good bunch of news, and there's some really interesting news tonight. I can promise you that. We got releases, of course. We're going to talk about the Uncharted movie. No spoilers, no spoilers. We're going to talk a bit about that. And, well, if you've been on Twitter, maybe you'll learn that Aloy may not just be this perfect, perfect character, but we'll get into that later tonight. But before we can do any of that, let me introduce who I've got with me tonight. We have Eleni. Hello. We have Dem. Hi. How you and, going? And we have Connor. Yo, it's your boy. It is your boy. And if you want to follow Connor or anyone else, you can check out Player One on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Player One on YouTube. Player One on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else good podcasts are found if you want to listen to our wonderful voices. And also check out the TikTok. There's a TikTok, guys. Player One's on TikTok. We're, we're, we're hitting now. We're, we finally caught up with kids. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, calming it down a bit more again, there are, you know, it is a bit of a tough time in the world. There is still some uh, coronavirus leftover feelings so if you feel like you or someone you need uh no needs help please feel free to check out beyond blue at 1300 224 kids helpline at 1 uh 1800 or q life helpline at 1800 they are great lines to check out i definitely suggest them this is brian wecht and you're listening to player one on sin Welcome to Player One on Sin. I am joined tonight by Lenny, Jacob, and Connor. And we have some news. Oh, wow, that was off tone, but that's is, fine. Is that our jingle now? We've got some news. Yeah, it's just like, you know how there's like a jingle at the start of every news program? That's ours. News. It's like a Beautiful. dying goose. Um, yeah. So let's get straight into it, shall we? First up, we have the Uncharted film getting absolutely trashed by critics, like like really hard by critics. But sales are just going up for the games, which is exciting. Since 2016, more and more VR-related insurance claims and injuries have come to light, increasing by two-thirds. Nintendo is not keen on the metaverse yet. That's all I heard, guys. Capcom has a new website counting down to something big, but what? The Super Bowl, the United States Gridiron Showdown, brought many things, including Doctor Strange, Moon Knight, Jurassic World, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and a Lord of the Rings teaser. Well, they were all teasers. More fixes reported for Battlefield 2042. But, uh, Street Fighter, Ryu, Chun-Li, and Akuma have been brought into Brawlhalla. Diablo 2 Resurrected shows, a re uh, shows of remastered cinematics. You know what? I can't remember what that was about, but there are some great little sneak peeks at the new uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected. Uh, oh, yes, because that's what we need in this world. Wordle cheating allegations have arisen around a notable NBA star. It's, I know this. I know oh, this. Oh, you know so this? Mr. Yes, Mr. Carl Anthony Towns, the starting centre for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I've got my eye on you. 
Wordle is a serious game, guys. The favorite Nintendo Direct, your favorite Nintendo Direct announcements are already up and ready for pre-order everywhere. Xbox Game Pass just lost a massive six games, including Final Fantasy XI, The Zodiac Age, Code Vein, The Medium, The Falconeer, and Project Winter. Nintendo is ending 3DS and Wii U eShop purchases in March. Buy now or forever hold your peace. Safe to say that fans aren't happy. CD no, Project... no, I'm not. <laughs> Here, I can hear them now. They're, they're speaking to me. CD Projekt Red veterans have formed a AAA studio called Rebel Wolves, including Conrad Tomaszkiewicz as CEO, who is the director of The Witcher 3 and secondary director of Cyberpunk 2077. And guys, that mm. was the news. Well, that's a lot of news. And i got to say, you got to check out the medium, though. That's a good horror game. But we're going to get into some rapid-fire releases now. So prep to prepare for this, I have had a record of 25 generic energy drinks, uh, 12 cups of straight espresso. In fact, I just grabbed like a bag of coffee beans and just ate them all in one sitting. Um, and as well, I've had about, you know, it's about 15 generic colors to get into our rapid fire releases. Destiny 2, The Witch Queen coming to PC, PS5, Xbox Series, S and X, PS4, Xbox One. And oh my God, it's it's here, guys. The Stadia Bell is still here. It's not dead yet. Uh, Ghosts coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, February 22nd. And as well, Soul Crescent coming to PC, PS4, Switch, February 22nd. Tiny Combat Arena to PC, February 22nd. Edge of Eternity, Cloud. Oh, another Cloud version of Switch. Oh, fantastic, because that's always worked so well. Uh, coming to the Switch on February 23rd. Uh, Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster coming to PC, February 23rd. Martha is Dead coming to PC, PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One, February 24th. Never Alone, the Arctic Collection coming to Switch on February 24th. The big release of the week, um, Elden Ring. Everyone's excited for that. Coming to PC, PS5, Eww. Xbox Series, S and X, PS4, Xbox One, February 25th. Grid Legends coming to PS5, Xbox Series, S and X, PS4, Xbox One on February 25th. You know what? It's a short week, but a packed week of releases. Elden Ring is definitely going to be the highlight of the week. Everyone's been talking about that. And now, you know, obviously we're, we're gaming fans, we're pop culture fans, and we were lucky enough to be invited to go to a preview screening of the recent Uncharted film, an very fun film. I'm sure most people know it as the the gaming film starring Tom Holland. That's mainly how it's been advertised. But um, as we discussed in the news, it, it kind of got panned by critics. They haven't exactly been kind to the film. And Some of my favourite headlines have been like how not to make a video game film, why Tom Holland ruined everything. It's like, guys, chill out. But yeah. Apologies for interrupting there. No, that's okay. Because yeah, I think um, I mean we've all we've seen the film, so we'll be discussing it. No spoilers. So for anyone tuning in, no need to change your radio station because we won't be spoiling anything. Just giving our thoughts because um, I really enjoyed it. I think you know we were discussing just off air that one thing that was really fun about it was it didn't take itself seriously. It's actually a really fun film. You know, naturally, it's a little bit different to the games, and I think that's always the hardest thing with gaming adaptations when it comes to film and TV. I think fans kind of get a bit crazy in terms of sticking to the details but there was lots of fun action I thought the set pieces were really good there was a lot of great comedy and I found it a really enjoyable experience probably not gonna you know win best picture of the Oscars but in terms of a great film to sit down and enjoy it was similar to Sonic I think in that it was a lot better than what I was expecting I think critics really undersold sort of the entertainment side of the film which was for me the 
the thing that outshone sort of any major faults it had. But what about you, Jacob? I think you were a bit more disappointed with the film. I wasn't necessarily disappointed, to be honest. I was kind of happy with this film because uh, the last video game film I saw was the Resident Evil uh, film, which was absolute garbage, maybe the worst film I've ever seen. But Were we really expecting more from the Resident Evil film franchise? I wasn't expecting that, that's for sure. Oh, man. I'd say go watch it, but don't. Anyway, though, a movie you should watch is definitely, definitely the Uncharted movie. I don't think, as Eleni said, it's going to win any awards or anything like that. It's a fun movie. And I also think if you're an Uncharted fan, you will get some fun out of it, definitely. Um, I remember having quite a few laughs. Uh, Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland have a strangely good chemistry. Um, But I think that's maybe one of the weirdest parts of this movie is... I never felt like I was watching an Uncharted movie. I felt like I was watching a Tom Holland movie. It's not Nathan Drake. It really doesn't feel like Nathan Drake. It feels like Tom Holland and Sully. It's very strange. I would agree, actually. I've never played an Uncharted game, but from what I've seen of the character, I mean, the problem with Tom Holland at this point is that he he is typecast as the young high schooler uh, kind of archetype. So, you know, he was recently in a film with Daisy Ridley, which was filmed ages ago, where he also played a young boy, but there's also Spider-Man. And I feel like there's been some more where he's always played younger. He's he's been cropping up everywhere too. Yeah. it's, It's... I don't want to pull the comparisons to Chris Pratt, but it's starting to get on that level where he's playing absolutely everything to the point where his characters, any characters he's playing, don't feel like a character. They just feel like him, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. He's fun. The movie doesn't lose anything by having him be him in that film. And I think it actually gains something by having Tom Holland not try to play a character that simply isn't him. Um, or simply doesn't feel like it would feel natural for him. Um, A lot of the jokes feel new and changed. Um, I know for a fact they actually updated some of the jokes to be more in date with some of the things that exist nowadays that didn't exist when Uncharted 1 had released, which I thought was nice. And otherwise, I think the casting, fantastic. Antonio Banderas does fantastically in the movie, um, the other members of the cast, I'm sorry, I do not remember their names. Uh, they were also fantastic. It's, it's pretty good. Well, um, one thing I just wanted to add on to is, yeah, one of the cast members who I absolutely adore from a show called The Wilds is um, Sophia Ali. She played Chloe Frazier and she was fantastic. I think she was a great fit for the role. Although the one thing, and I know Dem and I were sort of discussing this throughout the film. Oh my God, we? we were terrible. We were the worst movie talkers. No. I'd literally <laughs> lean over and be like, did you hear that? And she would be like, yeah. But I guess the, the tricky thing, I guess, about being in a, an Australian radio show, an Australian yep. gaming show, is that, you know, anyone who's played the games knows that Chloe is an Australian character. She's an Indian-Australian And I love the actress, you know, and naturally, of course, Australian accents are always hard to do. I think it's very rare you'll find any non-Australian ever nail the accent, but it was hard sometimes listening to her speak. It really just takes you out of the scene, I think, when, you know, she becomes a bit British, a bit South African, a bit Kiwi. Um, Legit. That real real colonizer type, like like a kind of area of accent if that makes sense at one point I thought she might have been Singaporean like that kind of had that real like um that real twang to it um and so there were some fun pronunciations that uh, See, we we quite enjoyed I think 
see i didn't even know she was meant to be australian that's that's probably an idea of how bad that accent actually was and i would argue and it's not really spoilers because it's in the trailer uh but they make fun of a scottish accent at one point and it's on that level of um like i'll be completely honest the scottish accent he just says some stuff and i don't know about you guys i knew exactly what he said um but they make fun of like i don't even know what you're saying you sound so funny and And then it's it's funnier coming from tom holland who is british he's from the uk he's probably heard quite a few scottish accents he probably knew exactly what he was saying like in my head i'm going i don't know how to respond to that why doesn't tom holland why does this isn't that like i don't know small bright with the movie (laughs) yeah i think my favorite thing about the movie was how when it started to go big it just kept going and i kind of wish that i mean it's nice to have a big deep breath but there was some energy where i was like oh that could have that could have been bigger like there were some effects i remember turning to you at one point eleni when somebody dies and i was like wow that is that is no blood that is the most like pretty looking blood death ever sad Okay, cool. But then also, and you've probably got, you've probably seen it in the trailers. There's giant set pieces of action flying through the air, um, and it's, it's quite funny. I think to watch this sort of, I don't think this is a spoiler. This disaster-prone young Nathan Drake just it's sort hard. of bumbling through it all, but getting there also, it's it's interesting. It's a little, it's a story of growth. I think at times. it's hard. It's hard to spoil this in theory because it's just the events of Uncharted One, which has been out for so long. But I will say one last thing before we really carry on. You mentioned those big bombastic sets, those big bombastic action scenes that uh, Uncharted is famous for. They felt fantastic. They were really fun. They were really big. The um, the action didn't overtake anything. It just felt really, really natural. And they were able to have that Nathan Drake kind of quipping back and forth feel super, super, super natural. Um, it felt kind of Spider-Man-y. But speaking of carrying on, though. My God, people, there has been a funny thing come up. Uh, so with the new, the newest Horizon game, Horizon Forbidden West, coming out, there's been some fantastic promo shots hitting the web, and everyone's been super excited by them, and it's great. Uh, one thing that caught one particular Twitter name, Twitter person whose name we will not mention, uh, they what caught their attention was the peach fuzz on Aloy's face in one of the promo shots, and I just have to say, as 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 somebody who has peach fuzz because I am you know I don't shave my face because I don't really see why I should um have you been near a human effeminate person have you been near a human we have hair everywhere smacked my mic in anger we have hair everywhere as a human being we have hair literally everywhere um but the tweet was very funny with people coming at it on reddit saying things like women won't let him close enough to see the little hair uh (laughs) people explaining to them what they're called uh apparently they're called velus hairs which is fun i mean this is just ridiculous honestly i think it's absolutely bonkers that we're in the year 2022 and this is a discussion but i think what's interesting is in a funny way having this example of people kind of questioning the design of aloy does kind of make you think about you know what female gaming characters have we had in the past that have ever really been accurate three-dimensional depictions of women I think that's kind of another issue to address here you know you look at the greatest gaming female gaming icon of all time being Lara Croft and 
as much as we love Lara Croft, you can't exactly say that her character model or design has ever been something that has been an accurate representation of lots of females or lots of female identifying folks. I mean, obviously she's someone that's been heavily sexualized. So I think it's interesting, you know, when I was reading through this and looking at Twitter and looking at all the comments, it kind of made me take stock and think, well, who else have we got, you know, and obviously a game like Horizon has, you know, fantastic, you know, um, graphics, you know, the game is sort of the next step forward in terms of attention to detail. And I think it's a great example of what we can expect from female characters. It's just really disappointing to have some people bringing this, bringing this to the forefront and thinking that, that this is going to be a, a, a popular opinion because it clearly hasn't been, but I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Connor? Well, clearly, clearly this person, as that uh, previous comment said, has not actually been anywhere near to actually see a, a person, not just a woman, but a person because we have, like, yes, men have hair on their faces, but women have hair on their faces too. They just, these are the kind of people that complain about the puddles in Spider-Man PS4, where it's like, but the puddles aren't realistic enough. Well, guess what? Who cares? Play the they don't game. Run along the game and, they don't run along the ground in that game anyway. Yeah, and also, who cares if Aloy has, like, hairs on her face? Just enjoy the game for what it is and shut up. Let her have hairs on her face. Have her, you know, be a realistic uh, expectation. Like, not everyone's going to be, uh, you know, Yulara Croft. And the moment Eleni said, you know, try and think of uh, a female character like uh, Aloy or one that isn't you know overly sexualized or is a better mm. representation both you and me Connor we both stopped and like immediately went to a thinking yeah, place we, and we I both... could not think of a single character um, I was I, I was trying to think of like the closest example but yeah I kind of well the closest example for me it's not an iconic character but one that um, I would use because they're not over sexualized but the main character in the medium that's that's kind of it that's yeah. kind of it for me it, it, it's it's a fascinating thing to have never really happened um it, well, not never really happened but at least never happened within a triple a game before and i think it's personally i look at it and go that's fantastic representation it actually shows what people really look like rather than you know this horrible body standard from i could mention some fantastic games you mentioned lara croft one that's come to mind for a long 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 time is things like persona um, where they yeah. all have hourglass uh, shapes, which does exist, but not like not like that. Well, and as well, Jacob, sorry to cut in. The fact that we actually have the amount of detail in Aloy's face itself, let's think about how cool this is from how far we've come in terms of graphics yeah. and games where we can have a realistic face Being in able a to video see the game. hairs on someone's face should yes. be celebrated rather than someone going, but my women don't have hair. It's it's a technical marvel, not something to complain about. And coming from it, from a, a graphic design perspective, these are the details that people notice, like hairs on the face, longer hairs on the face even. Like that would just be where her natural like hairline would fall. But of course, like I, one of the weirdest things in science is where hair chooses to grow. Let's be frank. How does it know where to stop, etc. But like from a graphic design perspective, lots of companies and brands would ask that that is like, take it away or like reduced or like decolored to make it less obvious which promotes ideas of like microblading your face or even like shaving it and stuff like that which is like 
it's just nice to see a real person. Like, even, like, just seeing, like, blemishes on her face. I'm not even going to call out the fact that she's wearing eyeshadow and eyeliner and mascara and she's got her <laughs> eyebrow drawn in. But she looks like a real person who would go out on the town, do, a, do like, you know, a bit of a smear on each eye and then just go for it, who didn't worry about all of these things. And I think that's pretty great. And, you know, also people were citing, you know, this facial hair, I can't even call it that, but they were like, this is so unrealistic. And I just want to say to those people, <laughs> I, I just, I just want to say to those people who, who said that, because there were people on Twitter saying that oh, and commenting what? that this depiction was unrealistic for a real woman. Just think about the context of this video game. And there are dinosaur robots and no one <laughs> questions I'm- the realism of that. But here we are questioning the face of a woman. I just think the gaming I'm, community needs to take stock I'm and sorry. think about itself because that is where we're at. But, you know, I have faith. Lots of people were here defending the designers, which is a great thing. But, yes, as I said earlier, we need not just female representation in gaming. We need better female representation in gaming. And Aloy is a great example of that. Hi, I'm Dan Golding, a video game composer of Untitled Goose Game and others. Uh, you're listening to Player One on Sin. And we have some some news that kind of any you could go anywhere with this. You could go in like seven different directions and they'd all kind of maybe be right. So Capcom recently uploaded a website with a timer. Now the countdown timer here is counting down, and I believe it's still got three days left as of recording, but um, the thing that's interesting about it is no one really knows what it's for. There's no like big announcement. We all have inklings of like, maybe it'll be a Resident Evil. Maybe it'll be Capcom being like, hey, we still exist. Um, Phoenix Wright. There are so many, like Phoenix Wright, Monster Hunter, uh, Devil May Cry, Resident Evil, Street Fighter. These are big franchises and any one of them would be an announcement. I've even seen little hints in you know, in, not innuendo, rumor here and there that maybe Xbox is going to get a Resident Evil exclusive, uh, which would be pretty big right now. I don't know. That's 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 what the rumors are I've seen so far. But what do you guys think? What do you, what do we think we're getting from this? I think it's interesting because if you go to the the website itself, which is CapcomGames.com/slash/countdown, you get this animation of like it just says countdown in like a bit of like a a digital kind of glitchy mode and then it would get a circle and a square which turn into the days and the and the hours remaining until whatever this website will be will be and it's it's all very it gives me fallout but it's that's not <laughs> capcom so like no um but uh connor you had an idea of what it would be okay so i recognize the font of the clock uh from the resident evil 2 and 3 remakes my thought process is that potentially Obviously, we could be wrong. Absolutely. We've been wrong in the past. But could it be the countdown to a Resident Evil 4 remake, since that's been heavily rumoured forever and it has slowly become one of the worst-kept secrets in gaming right now? I'm currently comparing it. It's very similar. I think the Resident Evil 2 font, the remake one, is slightly thicker, possibly like a a bold version of it but they are really similar like nearly identical yeah that's where i'm like hmm hmm resi leon interestingly enough uh, like i just had a look on twitter and had a look through capcom 
countdown to see if there's any, you know, someone's gone through the files of the website or anything like that, or maybe there's something oh, people good are idea. looking in. And uh, one of the first ones I saw was people have dug up what looks like brand new in-game um, screenshots from Resident, uh, Resident Evil 4 locations. And we know for a fact that Resident Evil 4 has been in the news for a long time. Uh, I remember, I think it was last year, we actually reported on Albert Wesker um, and there being a DMCA broken with Resident Evil and Capcom regarding a Resident Evil 4 character, which um, is pretty telling that something's happening behind the scenes. And then as well, we got like Resident Evil 4 VR, which apparently is a good version of the game as well. Hmm. <laughs> I, I'm excited for this because I think if it does happen, it'll be fascinating more than anything to see them try to do what they did with uh, two and three in four because people argue four is already kind of perfect. Um, well, yeah, I'd kind of want to jump in here um, because I actually immediately thought that this countdown would just be teasing the next Street Fighter. Um, I mean, Street Fighter 6 was delayed and has been delayed, yeah. so I, I kind of figured that that it was just going to be this. Like, I want it to be something cool. I'd love it to be uh, a new Devil May Cry because I believe the last yeah, title came out in 2019, so it's definitely due. Yes. But I just think it's going to be Street Fighter, in in all honesty. And, well, Devil May Cry 5 was the highest selling of the entire series. But here's... Okay, controversial opinion. I don't know. Uh, Street Fighter 5, or Street Fighter in general, is mediocre at best. I don't see any, like, Street Fighter is an overrated fighting game. If you want a good fighting game, Tekken, Mortal Kombat, or just Super Smash Brothers, it's more fun to play as Ken and Ryu there, to be honest with you. Oof, yeah. there are some fans probably coming at you. Oh, yeah, listen, I, I, I'm a heat-seeking missile. Well, I think we can kind of cross a couple franchises off Capcom's list here. Uh, it's not going to be Monster Hunter. There is a new Monster Hunter, fairly new Monster Hunter, um, yes. out right now yes. it's not going to be ace attorney they pretty much just released one i think or it's coming out soon for uh switch um and i think the ones that elsewise you can look at and go maybe just maybe devil may cry we could see a new dmc that feels like it would be kind of the vibe they might go for for this because people love dmc uh, and the other one I see, and I hope to God it isn't, because Dem and Lenny can attest to how much I hate this franchise. Mega Man is also a Capcom oh, franchise. Well, we oh, haven't what's seen the hate Mega, Mega Man. Man. Is Mega Man? There's like two good games out of how many good? How many games? There's eleven oh, of them, and two of them. Oh, are good. oh, absolutely oh, brutal! Oh. Don't forget the X games. Are the X games okay, that people X love? The, I don't count the X games as Mega Man games. They're good, uh, but anyway, the, yeah, there's so much. It could be, but you know what else? It wouldn't be a, a player one show without mentioning either GTA 5 or Skyrim. And lucky for our listeners, it happens to be GTA 5 this week because recent reports have given us a really clear idea of just how well GTA 5 has sold in the the long, long longevity of that game. It, you know, people keep buying it, so they keep re-releasing it. But to give everyone an idea. For my fellow co-hosts, I'm just going to hit you with some of the franchises, not singular games, but whole franchises, GTA 5 as a standalone game has outsold. And you oh. guys can just, you know, hit me with your reactions because it's some of them are quite amazing. But 
to start off, you know, before we were talking about Capcom and the entire Resident Evil series has sold 123 million copies, which is less mm-hmm. than GTA 5's 160 million. So GTA 5 has outsold the whole of the Resident Evil series. Oh, five really is the golden number, hey? Yeah, I know, right? Oh, God. Five. Next, I mean, right. another big series, uh, Assassin's Creed, 155 million copies in comparison again to Grand Theft Auto 5's 160 million. This is not, I would like to point out with Assassin's Creed, this is not including Valhalla's finalized numbers. Obviously, that could continue to sell more copies, but that was another one that I found absolutely bizarre because Assassin's Creed is obviously a very popular franchise. And here we are, GTA 5. Well, in fairness, GTA 5 is just a better game overall. There's the Assassin's Creed fan. Yeah, no, I uh, I'm I'm quite shook by that. That's wild. Another like that's a big series too, and it's not a not a small time series either. Assassin's Creed really does hit home, so that's kind of kind of wild. And I think just looking at these numbers, like in all honesty, like let's be honest, do we think that like the next GTA game could even come close to these numbers? Like, do we? Oh think that- yes, absolutely. You no, you do think? Because I don't. I, I don't no. think so. I, yeah, I'm with you, I'm- Jacob. Why do you think that? Because it's been on the market for nine years. It's had the Skyrim treatment. It's been released multiple times on just about everything. I found my copy and of it on Xbox few... 360 the other day. It's it survived mean, three generations. By being released titles on like two. Um, yeah. it, it really got pushed by the fact that it was a pre-established game that was being re-released constantly and it really was people underestimate how much this sold uh, because it was being re-released i think that that re-release kind of thing was what's keeping it alive and of course keeping in mind that you know there's been pushes by rockstar to keep this game alive for nine years to the point where we got dlc for this game earlier this year and Outside of that, we've heard rumors upon rumors upon rumors upon rumors for years now that GTA 6 was on its way. We had, uh, there was a recent one where Snoop Dogg came out and said, there's new music coming from Dr. Dre for the GTA series, which brings more uh, people to it. I genuinely think it's it's the whole, will, will Elder Scrolls 6 sell more than um, Elder Scrolls 5? No way. No way in hell it does. Because yes, it's popular, but nine ten years on a market does a lot for sales i think once we have ps5s and xbox series x's and s's more readily available to people and they start selling as to what we expect that's when i think we're going to see gta 6 start hitting milestones but as well every gta has sold incredibly well outselling the other yes gta 5 is the rare exemption because of gta online but i don't know gta 6 has had so much hype around it and people immediately will go and buy a new grand theft auto game because it's going to be like it's it's like a call of duty game sometimes people are just going to buy it because it's call of duty people are going to buy it because it's grand theft auto Oh, I agree. And I, I just searched something up to double check something, but we recently had the GTA trilogy release. And, yes. you know, in my mind, if there was anything that was going to outsell GTA 5 before GTA 6, 
is if you put three games together. They only no. sold 10 million. Well, there's that, a reason for that. that. There was severe issues with that entire release, including I, graphical issues. Still, I reckon, I'm still of the argument that GTA's biggest fan base is casual. They wouldn't have seen yes. it. They wouldn't have seen the Twitter uh, posts going on about this game looks bad because the casual viewer isn't using Twitter. They're not using the Instagrams and they're not following IGN the same way that we are. I think that... Don't make me sound old. Um, But I think that there is definitely that casual audience that did not care but still bought it. I don't know. That's where I sit. Hey, it's your boy uh, Demi here, and you're listening to Sin. And guys, a massive trailer has dropped once again. We talked about it earlier. Lots of massive trailers, but there was one that just piqued mine and Eleni's interest in particular. And apparently most of the internet. It's the Doctor Strange into the... What is it? It's not into the Spider-Verse. That's a different movie entirely. Multiverse of Madness. Dem's like, I'm such a fan, doesn't even know the title of the film. Well done. Look, there's just been a lot of Marvel coming out recently and I'm not coping and it's fine. Actually doing quite well, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, how exciting, guys. There was a lot in that. There was like hints from all over the Marvel universes, like from back to front, front to back. We've got like animated features, voices from films we weren't expecting. Uh, the rapidly changing color of Wanda's hair as well. Some I saw a great TikTok about that. That was great. Uh, how she's just a struggling, struggling redhead trying to go blonde and it's just not working out. That was a good vibe. But yeah, what are we excited about from this trailer's reveals? What well, are we suspecting? Well, yeah, I think, um, I feel like it's a very apt name for a film, actually, Multiverse of Madness, because after this trailer, I honestly think anything could happen in this film. And I think it's the perfect film to introduce, you know, some new characters, some iconic characters who have been brought into the MCU. Of course, I think one of the the most amazing parts of this trailer was, you know, hearing Patrick Stewart's voice because we all know that Patrick Stewart equals X-Men. And I think that it would be amazing to see some X-Men pop up in this film. But also another thing that, you know, any Marvel fans will know is that that could also be a hint at um, the Illuminati, which is a group in the comics who is, you know, made up of some other characters, um, namely Reed Richards. So it could be another chance to introduce the Fantastic Four and, of course, Iron Man, and there's lots of speculation. Planet Hulk? Planet Hulk? You you mentioned the X-Men, and there's an X-Men you didn't even mention that's arguably bigger than all those franchises, and that's Deadpool, who that Deadpool is, uh, is under Disney now. It is a Disney property. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, totally. I reckon I reckon Deadpool would definitely follow if we didn't hear indeed hear Patrick Stewart's voice here. Like we are jumping down holes right now. We are grabbing them, making them wider, and jumping down them because it could also have just been somebody's voice that sounded like Patrick Stewart, even though that is legitimately Patrick Stewart's voice. I have to say, like I'm just saying it. If it was just Patrick Stewart playing Patrick Stewart, he's just there. Because, like, I was watching the new Star Trek show, the one where he's, like, old man uh, old man uh, Picard, and I was like, God, that's an iconic voice. And then I watched the trailer, and I was like, whoa, what what the duck? Like, this is, this is happening. I feel like we're going to see stuff from Loki with uh, the time police that I can't remember the name of. I feel like <laughs> I'm such a fan, guys. I've forgotten everything. I need to catch up. I need to do my homework. I need to like study this with a comb. You know, you thought you were going back to uni in a few weeks, guys. Don't stress. You're going to be studying this beforehand. 
you know, you've got to do your homework, make sure you know what's going on. And uh, beard shave lines matter. Taps well, nose. Well, yes, very, very nice. Uh, the other thing I did want to mention was, um, <laughs> I don't even know how to segue from that, but uh, another thing that was really interesting is when we see, um, you know, Dr. Strange getting taken to who seemingly would be Professor X, um, we see Ultron bots escorting him there, which heavily, heavily hints at another variant of Iron Man, of course. And, you know, with that speculation comes the hope, in my case, that we would see Tom Cruise appearing as a variant of Iron Man, which anyone who follows, um, you know, the comics or knows of the casting knows that back in the day he was actually um, one of the first choices to play the role in the 90s. So it would be amazing to see Tom Cruise as Iron Man, even if it was just for one film. And, you know, there's lots of speculation and, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but, you know, certain variants of Iron Man may not have the the noble intentions Robert Downey's did. So that would be a very interesting take on the character that we could see. And I definitely think it's something we could see in this film, but anything could happen, honestly, anything. Anything, including I've seen even rumours that Daniel Radcliffe could possibly play Wolverine, which I would 100% tune in for. Uh, people are loving the short man vibes that's coming in in these new Marvel flicks. If, uh, if you yeah. weren't aware, they, were, they are both five-foot dudes, and it's great. I was going to say, uh, Wolverine is five-foot three, Daniel Radcliffe is five-foot five. It's closer to the right actual height of him, and it's not... Look... Hugh Jackman's as, not a short person. As my one of my friends would have said, uh, Wolverine is meant to be more of a meatball than a long steak. You know how it be? You know, it's just a big ball of muscle. It's a vibe. You know, I think it's, it's crazy because obviously Spider-Man was a beast and, you know, introduced this idea of the multiverse. And I think lots of people thought, how's Marvel going to top that? But looking at Doctor Strange, I think they're going to top it, folks. Hey, what's up? This is Family Jewels, and you're listening to Player One on Sin. I love me some goddamn Mario Kart, guys. I love me some Mario Kart, but with the recent announcement in last week's Nintendo Direct, where they uh, they mentioned that we were going to be getting like a almost like a a battle pass of of kart tracks, right? Without we- without the pay to win mechanics, um, and it sort of led the question. Okay, how much is too much Mario Kart here? Well, legit, it's a big vibe. With with uh, Nintendo moving away from Smash Brothers and, and new characters and all that, we sit here wondering what new tracks will be coming to us. It seems like we got a lot from the mobile game, which is exciting. Uh, but how many are too many? Are 48 tracks, 48 more tracks? Is that equal to a new game? Like, what's the vibe here, guys? That's probably more than Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at this point, but... um. Literally, the, the only track that I saw that I was excited for was Coconut Mall because Coconut Mall is the best track in Mario Kart. And they knew no it questions too. Asked. They knew it too because they oh, put they that song exactly over the clip. That was like, that was front and center. To answer your question though, of how many tracks is too many, there is no too many. I think Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is a fantastic game and 48 tracks in the base game. Uh, you know, let's add another 48. Let's literally double that and keep people interested. And, you know, one of the things that I think they're going to do quite a lot of is 
yeah, we're going to get heaps of tracks from the mobile game. We're going to get a couple N64 GameCube tracks here and there. But I think a majority of these tracks, because keeping in mind they're all uh, tracks from old Mario Kart games, I think a lot of them are going to be GBA titles, uh, GBA tracks and 3DS tracks. And I'm okay with that. I would love to see some of these places reinvented on the Switch because I'll be completely honest. The 3DS, the DS, and the Game Boy especially had trouble really showing off some of these amazing ideas that Nintendo had back in the day and some of the music that these uh, tracks all had. I would love to see more of it. And I think one thing I'm looking forward to is watching the speedrun community for Mario Kart oh my God. absolutely push themselves to the limit trying to do 96 course oh long god. speed runs because my god GameCube. they must have been absolutely livid that game that game had just been uh, like brought down to the fastest possible time and then they did that <laughs> like it happened like a week beforehand what yeah. i'm loving is as well um it also will add value to your nintendo switch online expansion pack absolutely if you currently have the expansion pack, like yours truly, um, you'll get all of the tracks completely free of charge. So that that's kind of cool. I'm not mad at that. I don't own Mario Kart 8 Deluxe anymore, but if I did, that'd be pretty cool. I think it's a fantastic situation for all Mario Kart fans. If you've played the games for a really long time, this is a great opportunity to get back into some of the courses that you thought were forgotten forever. So what's coming is we've got Paris Promenade, Toad Circuit, Choco Mountain, Coconut Mall, Tokyo Blur, Shroom Ridge, Sky Garden, and Ninja Hideaway. And like you said, guys, uh, these are mostly titles, mostly tracks that come from consoles that didn't have high high, uh, rendering stuff wow brain high graphics high graphics capabilities high graphics. We, got the Wii, we got the n64 we got the 3ds and we have the phone the smartphone um i think these are going to look really really good with the switches um, like pretty upgraded graphics well yeah and i think it's also i mean just looking at this purely from like a marketing standpoint like this is where you know we joke about some of the silly things nintendo do but then you think about it, right? Like like you said, a lot of these old tracks from Mario Kart, you know, they they redo them. Still technically the same track. So it's not like they're sitting there, re, you know, reimagining or making new tracks. And it looks like they're making a whole new Mario Kart game. So they're just geniuses, really. Like to Truly. really to really just like, you know, double down on the nostalgia of things. Like, yeah, I'm so hyped. And, you know, sure, I would like a brand new Mario Kart game, but it's so clever how Nintendo have this legacy and they really just play on our emotions, don't they? The, they the really only do. Thing, I was going to say, the only thing that I would want from this is perhaps maybe some extra characters and that's it. Oh, there's no telling what's going to come next. I mean, we know that there'll be tracks, but surely there'll be extras. If there's one thing Nintendo is learning about currently, it's optional DLC. Definitely, definitely. I do say, though, this is very consumer-friendly. In all fairness, if we had gotten Mario Kart 9, that would have been a full-price game, realistically, with 48 tracks. So, yeah, we're not getting a new engine, we're not getting new characters, but we're getting 48 tracks through a Battle Pass-like system. But in all fairness, it's not that expensive for what it is. And as Connor said, if you've got the expansion pass, 
it's free. So Nintendo's doing something consumer friendly. Once. It'll happen once. Only once. You've used it up. Now you're only going to get anti-consumer practices. And now this is a segment that, well, just a discussion really, that Dem and I have been wanting to have for weeks and weeks and weeks on the show. And the time, the time has finally come, ladies and gentlemen, because we are here to discuss Encanto. Take Indeed. it away, Dem. Oh, I am keen on this. So if you people have not seen Encanto, I would fully recommend it. There will be, I feel many a spoiler, if I'm honest, because we'll be talking about deep parts of the story and the progression of the story, character development, all the good things. And if you haven't and you still want to be here, you haven't watched it, you still want to be here, be warned I will be about to spoil it in three, two. Cool, they're all gone, nice. So with Encanto... So we start the film off with Mirabelle, who is the second youngest of the Madrigal family, a family of people with magical powers. Uh, all sorts of powers come from them, the, the ability to control plants, the ability to change shape, the ability to lift heavy things beyond anyone else's skills. Uh, and we slowly find throughout the film that all of the characters have a great burden put upon them to perform, to be amazing, to do everything that is good for the family, always good for the family is sort of the main the main theme. We've got uh, Louisa, the strong one, who literally sings a song about, I just need a break, but if I take a break, the whole world will crumble. And we have, uh, we don't hear from the, the Pepper siblings. And we have Isabella, who's literally singing about how her role in life has been to be perfect. And I feel like that's a great way to jump into my, 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 my idea that this is not a blessing, this is a curse. This is a literal curse. I don't think it's an idea that any like, is unique in any way. I feel like a lot of people watching the film would be like, wow, this seems awful. Like one of my friends while watching it with me for like, I think it was my fifth time. Nice. Um, she was like, for Pepper's power, where she can control the weather with her emotions. Uh, that's not a gift. That is literally the worst thing on earth. Like, can you imagine being a five-year-old and you're like, kind of just sad that you dropped your ice cream cone and then it starts raining on you like literally the world is against you and you can't control it unless you control yourself and then you like you could just fall apart and I think that would be awful and this woman is now 50 by the time of the story Pepper Aunt Pepper um and she's got purpled eyes she looks constantly tired she's always going clear skies clear skies and it's like, oh my God, this woman is so close to just shattering before us all. And we want them to get their powers back. Like at the end of the film, big spoilers, big spoilers. Uh, there is a slight problem with the blessing falling apart. But yeah, I just wanted to know what you thought of this, Eleni. Well, yeah, I was obsessed with this. And um, I actually, when when the film came out, uh, my family and I all had COVID. So uh, I, was, I was stuck at home. And I think my younger sister and I watched Encanto probably five times in the one week. Uh, and I just fell in love with with the film in particular because it was a film all about a, a family that wasn't, you know, your stereotypical sort of white family we see in a lot of Disney films. It was a fantastic representation of a real family and sort of the the generational differences and trauma that can come from, you know, I think I wouldn't exactly call her the antagonist of the film, but I would say, you know, the the villain figure is actually the abuela, which I think is really interesting because it's obviously a lot more complex than that because you look at the context of her actions, you know, as you said at the beginning, Dem, you know, her her husband was killed. And so a lot of, you know, her 
this idea of tough love of everything is wanting to preserve her family, wanting what's best for her family. But ultimately it ends up being the downfall, you know, this, the weight of these expectations is what really creates this disconnect between them all. And that's why Mirabelle is such a great character because she's the one that doesn't have any magical powers, but her power ultimately is bringing them all together and showing that, you know, you don't need all these amazing abilities. You just sort of need each other and love and to support one another which I think is fantastic. And even what's great is sort of the, the genre bending nature of this film. You know, you have Isabella, who's the, the pretty older sister, ultimately doesn't want to marry, you know, the gorgeous guy. Or you've got Luisa, you know, the, the tough, you know, strong one struggling under the weight of it all. I think it's fantastic. It's one of the best depictions I've ever seen of not only three-dimensional characters, but a whole family of three-dimensional characters. And I don't know, this is why I love animated films because, you know, obviously they're all pretty, the animation is amazing, but I don't think people give them enough credit because it it can tell such an empowering, such a important narrative and disguise it, you know, in the form of animation. I think it's fantastic. It's always so accessible. And I know having conversations with my friends, you know, we've all found this film so relatable, you know, having um greek background that i do the greek heritage i totally in some form relate to you know the pressures of maintaining my heritage and culture even if i don't necessarily agree with it or i think it's perpetuating stereotypes or things that i don't agree with i think what i loved about this film is it really brought a whole new light to disney and hopefully we see even greater representations of of family in in future disney films but yeah there many any last hot takes before we move on I physically felt the anxiety when Abuela comes down on Mirabel uh, in the final act and the, like everything. It, it's just, I feel the vibes coming straight off of that film. Every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, it's so sad. Oh, it's so fantastic. Oh, I love it. But it's not always sad. It's actually quite fun and jovial. And I agree with you that I think animation is the best medium when it comes to high emotion stories. I think it is, it's a great, medium for expressing all sorts of things and guys it's it's the golden time of the bloody show are you excited because it's quiz time oh my god when did kath and kim rock up i don't know if that was kath and kim there were oh, sprinkles oh. of but it you should it was, look yeah, at it was this. it's exciting i'm really excited i'm really keen on it and guys i hope you've got your buzzers ready to rumble ready to go what, 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 what do we say? Can we? Can I hear them, please? Connor. Jacob. There's my buzzer. Eleni. Delayed reactions are my favourite kind of reactions, guys. Okay, we'll just jump straight in with a beautiful, beautiful first question. Question one. So PS5 controllers came out in six uni colours. Connor. Okay, so we have the... So are we, well, actually, I probably should have waited, but we're just naming the colours or is there like... No, the look, you buzzed in too early. So yeah, you just got, early. Yeah, you've just okay. got to guess yeah, what the rest of call. that was. That's on you, yeah, mate. That's, that's on call. you. You know, what? you know what? That's fine. I'm going to guess that it's just going to be like the fancy name of the colours. So you got Robotic White. I think that's what the first one was called, the initial release. Then you had... <laughs> I'm probably going to be so wrong with this. You have Galaxy Black. Um, you've got... <laughs> You got the, I'm going to say Oceanic Aqua. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, then Keep we got, going. Um, okay, then we got the, I think it's Cosmic Red. 
or cosmic pink. Yeah, I'm gonna go cosmic red because we did get that red controller. Um, I'm gonna say uh, flamingo pink and galaxy. Actually, no, I'm, I'll say galaxy twice. Screw it, galaxy purple. Oh, okay. So the full question oh, was: PS5 controller colors uh, was brought out in six colors. Give me the names of the colors, and then give yep. me the fancy names of the colors. You oh, got, so I was, I was I was actually kind of right. <laughs> you got one correct, but because okay. you couldn't name the colors on their own, uh like you knew what colors they were at least. Yeah, yeah, we knew what the basic colors were, but I did, completely forgot the actual like fancy name they used. So it was half a point for all six colors. Congratulations, you get half a point, and it's half Woo. a point for the full name. Uh so. Yes, you get a point. Does Ooh. anyone else want to try? Um, okay, question. Which was the full name he got correct? Cosmic Red. Okay. Jacob. Wow, I was so wrong. <laughs> yes, Jacob. So I know that the white is called Original White, and I know that the purple is called Galaxy Purple. You were close. Um, yeah, uh, they all had a space theme. They do. And I think, I think on the back of that, Black feels like midnight, maybe midnight black. That I, I don't know else why. Oh, I've got about the black. Are we feeling like that's all you want to give? That's all I can think of. Okay, you got two. Hey, you got two. And which two were those? Original white and midnight black. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I guess Eleni, I'm just going to chime in and free ball. Um. Is so for blue. I'm going. Uh, royal blue for um I don't even know what other purple I'm going um super purple <laughs> and what other what are the colors um that's... I think we've, I think we've covered everything else I think War, cool. All right, Dem, just hit me with my my zero points. <laughs> so you said when you were saying that for purple, so you guessed purple, and for blue, so you guessed blue. It's not royal blue, um, and it's actually galactic purple, not galaxy oh. purple, guys. Come on. Like, it's... Wow, so we, we were close. Close, but no. It's all actually um, a sort of night sky theme. So we've got original white, midnight black, cosmic red, nova pink, star starlight blue, and galactic purple. Uh, and at the moment, we have Connor on one point, Jacob on two points, and Eleni on one point. Hey, taking the nail lead. Indeed, which is exciting. Uh, riding the coattails of somebody else to win the game is actually cheating. I can't say that. I also I also do that because it's because it's easy. Hey, that's, <laughs> how we, that's how we won our first uh, Winter Olympic gold medal. So I'm going to take it. I mean, that's actually a legitimate strategy. It's very interesting listening to. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Bradbury. Stephen Bradbury. He's been commentating yeah. over on uh, the Olympics channel on on television. <laughs> it's been great. It was his two. It was his what like ten year anniversary of the incident. It's incredible the strategy of the whole. The thing. incident. The incident in question. Very cool. <laughs> Check out Stephen Bradbury if you want to know about that one. But in the meantime, we'll move on to question two. Who here likes SpongeBob? That's I not the question. I do. 
Yeah. This will go great. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm really excited for this now because I feel like I'm you're curious. all going to get it. Cool. In season two of SpongeBob SquarePants, SpongeBob and the gang help Squidward by forming a marching band to perform at Bikini Bottoms Bubble Bowl, a play oh. on the USA Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I want. That. I know this. I, I want I the. This. I want. <laughs> I want the name of the song. I want the episode title, and I want a rendition, and that will get you Connor. one point, one point, two points. Yeah. Sweet, sweet, sweet victory. Yeah. I don't remember the words to the song, but it goes like this. I like the That's little wobble at the end. That's nice. Claps, everyone. Yeah, that was impressive. I was ready to like make fun of Dem for her niche question again, but Connor really saved you there. It's, it's it's like that. That was the one episode that I vividly, very much remember from SpongeBob. I just don't know the name of the the actual like episode itself. There's a it's... gag where um, Squidward, to, like, so Patrick is asking if mayonnaise is an instrument, and Squidward goes, That's "No." Where I thought it was going. Indeed. Yeah, and he goes, "Oh, sorry, yeah, go down. You, you oh, carry on." I will. I will say. Does anyone want to guess what the name of the episode was? Jacob. Yes. I'm going to go on a women's set. It's a little bit, you know, just generic-ish kind of and say uh, Bubble Ball. No. Uh, Eleni, did you want to have a crack? Is it SpongeBob forms a marching band? No, unfortunately not. So, guys, it was Band Geeks. Connor, you got the first part of the question correct. It was Sweet Victory. It was actually composed for the episode, which is fantastic. And your singing was adequate. So that's three points to Connor, which adequate. brings us to four, two to Jacob, and one to Eleni. We are talking the quiz. We are doing the quiz. We are believing in the quiz. And I have two beautiful questions left, my beautiful, beautiful people. So let's rumble. Oh, I've got three questions. Even better. <laughs> I, I missed one. Cool beans. Let's jump straight in with the next question. The latest Kirby, uh, the latest Kirby game, Kirby in the Forgotten Land trailer, sees Kirby swallow the Jacob. control. Mouthful mode. Do you want me to finish the question? No, nah, jumped in nah. again. Jumped nah, in again. No, nah, nah, jumped again. I'm jumped no. again. I feel like. No, it's not. That is not the Damn answer. It. Sorry, but no. Actually, I'm not sorry. You should be sorry. Okay. Um, Do you want me to finish? The, who, okay, where were we at? Finish yeah, the question. Finish the question sees Kirby swallow and control larger objects in a new ability called mouthful mode. Connor, yeah, that's why. So the objects in question, we have a car, we have a vending machine, we have a light bulb, we have a ring, we have as well a cone. And there was one other thing, but that's okay. I think I've numbered off most of them. A car, a vending machine, a cone, a light bulb. Was that and all you ring. said? And a ring. Uh, so, yes, I was going to ask that, but nobody can be patient enough to just hear the question. <laughs> uh, so that's five to Connor. Gosh, this is becoming a bit oh. of a monopoly. Mm, always. Uh, and if you'd gotten them all, it would have been an extra point, but nobody wanted to hear that bit, so that's fine. Eleni, did you Oof. want to guess the other one too? No, they were the ones I was going to say anyway, so I've got nothing, unfortunately. Well, if you'd also said scissor lift or water balloon or arch. Oh, yeah, that's right. Although the arch gotcha. one confused me, if I'm honest. So now Connor is on nine, Jacob is on two, and Eleni is on one. This has become completely <laughs> unbalanced. 
Well, that's you know, okay. I'd like to say that it's because people refuse to. Ask. No, no, that's no, because hold on. Connor um, didn't wait in the first question. <laughs> yeah, but you did a me, Jacob. True. Yeah, it didn't work out though. Anyway, moving on to the next question. It's a true or false question. Get your buzzers ready. Uh, I would I would recommend listening to the whole question this time. Just a personal vibe. Uh, cool. Three Nights at Flumpties is a FNAF fan game. One point if you get it right and one point if you can tell me why it's right slash wrong. Connor? Mm -hmm. I'm going to say for some reason it's true because some Five Nights at Freddy's fans has more time on their hands than sense. Oh, okay. Uh, does anyone else want to try? Five Nights at what? Flumpties. Mm -hmm. Flumpties. Three Nights at Flumpties. Um, I'm going to say it's true. And I'm going to say that it was so it could release on a platform that Five Nights at Freddy's hadn't released on at the time. Right. And um, Lenny. Lenny, I'm just going to be a little bit different and say it's false um, because it's false. <laughs> well, it's in a false. surprising turn of events, Lenny is correct. Hey! Yes! That counts two points? <laughs> uh, well, she didn't tell me why it was wrong. Uh, the, the game in question that is a FNAF fan game is actually called One Night at Flumpty's. Not oh. three nights at Flumpty. Well, I mean, technically, uh, my um, explanation is correct because it's false. Because it just never existed. I mean, she's I didn't, got you there. I didn't elaborate, but it's false. I never I guess said that's that. Two points to Eleni. Yeah. There we go. I shouldn't be organizing. Uh, I shouldn't be arguing this. I'm on. I'm on the up here, folks. So we're at nine, <laughs> two, three. That's Connor with nine, Jacob with two, and Eleni with three. I highly regret giving these big big questions away to the to you to you people <laughs> and we move on to our final question which is very exciting if you ever want to play f one night of flumpties there are three games and they all look fantastic and the final one was actually funded by the creator of five nights at freddy's uh before he left the series which added a lot of value to the the fan base which was kind of nice <laughs> but yeah you know there are yeah five nights at freddy's uh our next question this one is a bit more open. Uh, okay. I want you guys to name desk aesthetics. There's a great uh, aesthetic, uh, a, a, I suppose, a vibe realm online where people share what their desks look like. Uh, and I want you guys to name a couple, uh, half a point for each aesthetic that exists, if you've seen it. Uh, it's a bit of a fun round. Jake, Jake, Jacob. Yes. I, I guess I will throw my hat in this ring. Um, I'm going to go with pastel. I'm going to name clothing things I know as well. Um, we're going to go with pastel. That has to be one. Um, I'm assuming if pastel is a thing, maybe pastel punk or pastel goth. Um, then goth, I'm assuming they're gamer or RGB, whichever it's called. Um, I'm going to say that there's a, a poorer looking set. Like, poorer um, looking. I do have listed here, I have a desk. Uh, as one answer. That's what that's, I mean. That's good. So that would be two points to Jacob. Does anyone okay. else want to? Eleni, um, yeah. I'm just tapping out. It's too late in the <laughs> evening, folks. I cannot think. So this is me just conceding this point. I'm going to be honest. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up a little bit because I'm not just going to tell you my desk aesthetic. 
And I'm going to say so with that bombshell where Connor has been swallowed by Kirby, Eleni has, has given up the ghost, and, and Jacob has listed off a bunch of aesthetics, we've got Connor as our winner on nine points, Jacob coming in second with four points, and Eleni coming in with three. This is Grant Kirkhope, and you're listening to Player One. You're listening to Player One on Sin with Connor, Jacob, and Dan. Eleni, Michael Transaction still has her, and is in fact, um, I've been told that she is uh, a part of a DLC pack that will never be released. So off to a great start here. But one thing that hasn't been talked about much, and it's some, it's a topic that uh, it's it's kind of like a left hook, right cross that goes past us. Um, left-handed gaming characters. Who are they? And why isn't there more? Indeed. So in the break, we were having a little chat about who we knew of who was left-handed in gaming. Uh, and it turns out all of us suddenly thought Link was the only left-handed. There are huge. We were wrong. We were wrong. There's huge numbers of left-handed gaming characters. We have so many. Did you guys want to list off some of your favorites? Jacob, I may let uh, the floor is yours, my friends. I love that. I love that neither of you were ready for that. See, the only ones I could think of, and the only ones that I could really find, were Sephiroth and Link. Um, of course, there's, you know, any characters that you can make, often you have the opportunity to make them left-handed. Um, and apparently, apparently Miyamoto said that Mario is left-handed, but I feel like I've seen him be ambidextrous in everything he does. So I don't, I'm not sure there. It, it is definitely something that's, um, there's a weird lack of representation for left-handed characters within video games. It's so true. And in the first-person shooter world, it's even more so. Uh, there are huge talks online from a couple of years ago, in fact, if I'm honest, about people from Sky uh, who were playing Skyrim who were overjoyed to be able to be playing the game with a sword in the left hand and remap it. But unfortunately, the game only allows you to have a shield in your left hand. So you can't quite go full knight on that thing if you are a lefty. There are other games that centralize the weapon system System, so you can't tell which side of the game you're on. Uh, Doom Guy was apparently a left-handed character yes. in the original yes. game, and then they centralized the control scheme, so you didn't have to worry about it. Uh, Bioshock and Dishonors, you can also pretend that you're a left-handed character, which is kind of exciting. And Minecraft as well, you can also do it. But it's just kind of sad. Uh, yeah. let's, let's do some left-handed activism right now. Um, but jokes aside, it's kind of sad that you can't just switch hands. Like, um, not everyone knows how to use their right hand perfectly. Like, I, mean, I would have thought in Skyrim you could switch the sword and the shield from one hand to another. But you can't you put could. the shield in the right hand, unfortunately. Yeah, you Weird. can't. You're, you're completely right. Yeah. I mean, what, one example that comes to mind of like a lack of representation, something that was definitely taken away, we mentioned, we mentioned that Link's left-handed. But there is a game where he is not left-handed. Instead, he is right-handed. And that is the Wii version of Twilight Princess because... For those who don't know, in the GameCube version, he was left-handed. But when they moved the game over to the Wii, they flipped the game completely in order to make Link right-handed because the majority of people were right-handed and it would be easier for the majority of people to use the Wii mode in their right hand and have the sword respond. Um, and honestly, like, yeah, I didn't notice I'm right-handed. You know, that, that could be something on my end, but... If you're a left-handed person, imagine playing your favorite game and then playing it on a different console and all of a sudden it, it feels completely wrong. I couldn't imagine. It sounds horrible, to be honest. I'm pretty sure that the Wii U version of Twilight Princess was also uh, flipped because I remember playing it and being really confused 
the, like the whole time about maps and such. Uh, that sounds like they just ported the Wii version over to the Wii U. And put high quality textures. And to be honest, it seems like that's the vibe having just played the new Skyward Sword port on Switch. I love the trees in that game. They make me laugh and they make my friend laugh uh, as she was watching me play. That's right. It's the end of the night. How exciting. We sit here and we think about the show we had. And we sit here and we think about the show that we'll have next week, which will be equally exciting. Uh, but for now, shall I give you our socials? Yes, I shall, because you can find us on all the good social platforms like Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, but also Facebook, if you so wish, and TikTok. We can also listen to us at any other time on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, which is very exciting. You can check us out on all of those places and more, but also tune in next week for for Cotter's Quiz, more gaming news and more fun. Gentlemen, do you have any other words? To share. I'm going to do what I can to free Eleni from Konami. So if 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 I don't get saved by Norman Reedus and Hideo Kojima, the quiz won't be happening. There are so many great shows on Sin and you are always, always welcome to join us. Check us out on sin.org.au for more details. Listen to us there even if you don't have a radio. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people don't. I use a radio app personally. But in the end, where however you're listening to us, I hope you've enjoyed the show. We've had a great time. And we'll see you all next week. Yes, good. God, that was a bit Doctor Who, actually. Okay, bye, everyone. Bye.